Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bald Move Prestige movie review. This is a first-run movie edition. We're talking about Glass Onion, the follow-up to 1999's Christmas time release, Knives Out, uh, chronicling the, the the adventures of the last gentleman sleuth, Benoit Blanc. Um, boy, I got so much to say in a non-spoiler way about this movie. Uh, but first off, I got to know Jim Jones, mm-hmm. my co-host here. I'm Aaron, by the way. What what did you think of this movie? Uh this movie is delightful. If you if you like Knives Out, you will love this. I guarantee it. It's it's more of the same. It's just a twist on it, and it's just as much fun as the first one. If not more, if not more. This boy, I, I don't know if it's because I kind of know the vibe of this now and I know what to expect a little bit more, and so I'm prepped and like kind of eager to get in there and see another or what, but I feel like I enjoyed this showing better than the original knives out. So I remember really not liking knives out. I remember in in my mind, um, I remember you not liking it. Yeah. Now a lot of people, a lot of people, they live their life. They get three, four years. Memories get hazy. They don't have the luxury of going back and being like, what did I actually think? And what I actually say Mm -hmm. I do. Because I record all my thoughts about movies and film and television into uh, a microphone invariably. Of course. We didn't record a podcast on Knives Out. There's a just big black hat. I remember talking to you about Knives Out and having a discussion about why I don't like it. Um, uh-huh. But I don't remember all of my concrete reasons. And I can't believe we didn't actually record a podcast. That was a huge oversight. If we both saw it enough to have a conversation, we never talked about it. I, because I, the, I my point is last night I watched the original Knives Out because I'm like, you know what? I don't want to. I just want to see. Like, I want to buttress want to buttress my idea of this movie going into the sequel. <laughs> uh-huh. And it was a delight. It was so much fun. Yeah. I laughed. I had a great time with it. I had kind of hazy memories of where it was going, but I was kind of shocked at like the movie kind of solves itself in, in, in like 20, 30 minutes into it. And then it continues to kind of like do this twist and turn. I think I might have probably had problems with some tonal shifts um, because I never knew how serious to take the movie. I now know not to take it very seriously yeah, at all because it doesn't. Yep. Um, I think I had some problems with the social commentary and I and I compared oh, it unfavorably yeah. to Parasite the movie, which is a very serious movie and a very but, good movie. Did you have a problem with the movie's social commentary or the characters in the movie? Because that's one of the things that this series does is it will present mm. you problematic characters and yes that can get slightly on my nerves like i i when i hear people sure. saying things that i really strongly disagree with i go right. and then yeah. i watch the rest of the movie and i feel like it it, it all it all comes out in the wash uh see that doesn't films. that doesn't bother me i think that's funny but i do think that like i i also think that um maybe i was a little bit angrier or i, I just had a, a chip on my shoulder uh about whatever but it sure. definitely colored my opinion because I, I i really liked it and i thought this movie is i think even better because i came in expecting this movie to not take itself too seriously but mm-hmm. to be so clever and artfully done and it felt like you know, I, I used to not understand the appeal of watching Let's Plays, you know, where you just uh-huh. watch some dude or dudette play a video game. Like, why the fuck wouldn't you want to play the video game? I've since there's a certain place. It's, it's recreates the feeling of like your older brother or sister playing the video game on your behalf. And you're just kind of watching them and they're making 
you know, jo- jokes and reference it, it, you know, like watching a friend play or something. It, it, this felt like watching a let's play murder mystery. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Which like, it probably exists. Yeah. Like, like someone is just making all the decisions for you and they're always the correct decisions, uh-huh. even when they're not there to further the plot. And it, it, I don't know. It's just, I don't know how the movie gets away with openly pulling so much shit on us, the audience, but we're kind of rooting for it. Yeah, I, I don't think these movies in their mysteries are very clever, actually. I, I think like the mystery is almost always more straightforward than you expect. But the mm. the subversion of the expectations of that genre are so clever that yeah. and, and they're just so knowing. Like this is a guy who obviously loves murder mysteries, Ryan Johnson making this mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and, and he's able to like every time I think, OK, this is how a murder mystery should go. He just kind of. Mm-hmm twist it up and not from like oh this is who did it and this is how they did it and why they did it and all that not from that angle but like people's reactions to to things and especially Benoit Blanc's reactions to things are never quite yeah what you expect he's such a peculiar detective and and not in like oh I'm I'm Sherlock Holmes or I'm uh who's who's the other one mustache guy yeah I'm Poirot and I'm so peculiar because of the manner of my dress and all and and he has elements of that, right? But oh yeah, I, his his personality is one of the things that cracks me up most in these movies. And Daniel Craig is just having so much fun being this character. Apparently, yeah. And that's what like there's a five minute sequence in this film, probably exact to the minute, based on the dialogue and my impressions of it, mm-hmm. where he's having to stall for time. And it's just so funny because like you can just see I can just hear Ryan Johnson laughing his ass off at the typewriter, just tying this in the knots. And how long can I maintain like what's the opposite of an arch villain speech, like an arch hero speech where he's Mm -hmm. he's finally at the he's got the villain in the crushing grasp of reason and he's laying it bare to our inferior minds. And if, if, at the last second to flat, how many of those florid phrases can you string together <laughs> without giving them resolution? Right. Yeah. Right. With the cast, like being the audience, being like, uh-huh. where the fuck is this going? Why won't you just. Uh, oh, God. And, and also like brilliantly use that to also call to mind things that we might have missed. Sure. Uh-huh. Or things we overlooked. I, I man, I just I just really admired the writing. Um, it looked like everyone had yeah. a great time. Uh, all the situations are just were just super funny to me. And yeah, I just had a giant smile on my face the whole time. And I laughed out loud many, many, many times. Oh, am, yeah, yeah. God, I hope they like Daniel Craig could literally make these till he died. And I would be OK with that. I, I, I want there yeah, to so be far, more. So I want there to be more Benoit Blanc films than James Bond films. And he can right. do it. Like if he if he lives to like 70 ish, 80 ish, he can he can make this happen. I mean, he just got out of one franchise because he was sick of it. Right. Is he going to stick around? That, that was my How question coming home to my wife. Like, are they're going to be able to make these until Daniel Craig gets sick of them? I assume. I don't think that. I mean, maybe I mean, this would be I don't think Ryan Johnson has this many more knives out mysteries in him because who the hell could. But what sure. I think he should do is there should there should be like some kind of hungers game game thing where like uh, he, he has like some kind of uh, writing contest where people send in spec scripts for the next. And he's just like, I'm always going to direct them, but mm-hmm. I'm going to find I'm going to I don't have the juice anymore, but I know where the juice is. I'm the divining rod of the juice. I want to I want to pour 
these yeah. over these scripts on his table. I want to find the next nights or you know a knives out mystery. That's what I want to happen. Or him to keep banging these out year after year like Agatha Christie because I'm hooked. Sure. I'm hooked. The thing, uh, the other thing I love about this particular detective story is it's set yeah. in modern day. I'm I'm yes not a huge fan of the limitations that being a period piece brings for like Hercule or Sherlock. It's so easy to kill people in 1905. It's so easy to kill people. There's <laughs> right, not DNA right. evidence. There's not 24 yeah. seven surveillance and digital foot. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. That that both technologically, but also like thematically, and, and just like it feels more more present it feels more like alive because it's happening in my day and i i can see these people all around me right i don't have to think back what was it like in 1930s to be a woman or black or whatever i can just see these archetypes of characters i can just go on fucking twitter and see these people right now yes. and it makes it feel more alive to me so oh 100% um this movie is a shot across Elon Musk's bow, right? Obviously, yeah. And and not- Steve Jobs. I will say there's one there's one moment where Ed Norton shows up looking like Steve Jobs, looking exactly like him. I mean, Elon specifically, but broadly speaking, the billionaire, yeah. um, Silicon Valley venture capitalist, uh, totally. sleeping in oxygen tents and replacing their blood with. 20 year old virgin blood ayahuasca that retreats crowd. yeah that that whole Iowa, yeah that no. that crowd um and i'm not saying that that's not a brave take because these people are everywhere in hollywood like you know like uh, they're going to see that it's that they, they're going to see each other parties you know and at premieres and things like elon sure. i saw elon musk at the house of the dragon ryan johnson could have been there mm-hmm. uh it wouldn't be inconceivable like that this is a pretty Especially with um like like Elon seem to be entering his megalomaniacal phase. Like I'm really interested uh-huh. to see what the reaction's gonna be, if if any at all. Maybe he'll 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 play it up all good good humored. Maybe he thinks it is funny. I don't know. Uh <laughs> isn't everything kind of funny when you have more money than you could ever spend? Yeah, how yeah. You'd think, you would think, <laughs> but man, these people seem to really hold grudges and, and really wanna crush people in the dirt dirt sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like they're all of these archetypes felt like the most extreme version, like the guy who's open carrying into the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and uh, but I, but clear I, compensation uh, analogies. <laughs> yeah. 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 Over and how it's like it even does things like it really man. I can't man. I can't say anything without spoiling stuff because like it just inverts so many things where you think things are going. Yes. And like, oh, they're going into this kind of lazy kind of archetype and it's like oh actually it's a little bit more sophisticated and then the movie also just pulls just stupid sight gags and verbal jokes and mm-hmm. boy if man there's a, there's a couple um i felt seen with the malapropisms you know <laughs> okay i felt yeah, represented yeah. i felt represented i felt like ed norton really like i i wish he was it wasn't in the sabo of a just unwashed asshole character, but yeah. I, I did really relate to that aspect of him. <laughs> the approximate verbiage. Yeah, man, I I almost just want to talk spoilers on this one because I'm 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 itching. I, I think I it's mean, so much fun. I, I guarantee I, you'll like this if you like Knives Out. Go see it. Yeah, and I and if you were kind of like sitting on Knives Out, or you were like, well, you know, Bald Move is split on it. How good it could it be? I fully rescind any negative take I had in original Knives Out. Uh, I was just that was bad, Aaron. Bad, bad. This is yeah, Parasite What's got the, you all twisted. Yeah, didn't like Roger Ebert give 
Do you like to have the Godfather three stars? And I, I know he he did one movie that he said was like his famously the, he, he regretted giving it just three stars. Maybe it's Blade Runner or something. But that's my yeah, whatever that was. Uh, sure. It's great. And like there's things you take for granted. Like this movie sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie is gorgeous. Like it really uses its its setting in the Greek Isles. Um, you know, this this billionaire asshole self-defines his house is just an amazing visual thing to look at it's just mm-hmm. relentlessly fascinating with its rooms and its art and and ryan johnson shoots it off for broke this is the second time in a week this week in in two days yeah yeah that i've heard Starman used prominently in a soundtrack i i was That's true surprised by that and and now this yeah well, it's like what I was I was saying about this, uh, that I swore I recorded a podcast when I went to Google, because that's what I usually do. I just go, you know, bald move, knives out. And I can mm-hmm. only find some obscure kind of stuff on our forums. I'm like, I swore I recorded a podcast is real like mandala point, you know? Sure. Uh, yeah. And it's like what I, I, I thought for it. I could have I would have pet I would have bet real money, man. Uh, I remember Alexis and I saw that just in the theaters in the theater on a lark. So I was pretty sure we didn't record one, but you know, I, I, I feel like, I feel like it must be something like we actually were going to see it opening night, but I, I there think was a so. schedule conflict. And yeah. then I went ahead and saw it. And then you didn't see it for months. Like it had to be something like that, but God damn. It's one, the one thing it's, it's the one time I wish I, I could go back and listen to old podcast. I can't, we'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now, back with more Bald Move. Mm-hmm. Um, we should probably get right to spoilers, I guess. Sure. Uh, before we do that, we also talk about trailers. There's a couple trailers I haven't seen before. And also, speaking of Mandala effect or Berenstein Berenstein effect, we started this month doing this uh, where we sit and devote a couple hours just watching trailers to catch up on things. Mm-hmm. I don't know which of these we saw in that instance and we haven't talked about and which one we saw in the movie theater. So if I start to repeat one, just just cut me off if you feel like it. OK, OK. 80 for Brady. We Absolutely not, not. about this. Apps word. And we're <laughs> not, not going to see this. Mm. I'm I'm interested to strike and continue on with our trailer talk. That's surprising because it has Diane Lane in it. Not even Guy Fieri. What about save, multiple? Save this trailer. Guy multiple man Guy Fieri. No, uh-uh. That's no, <laughs> absolutely not. I, it, I first of all, mm-hmm. damn, fully half of the women in this trailer cannot emote because their faces are so yeah. fucked up. And it's like really sad. Got a lot of work done. Yep. It's really sad. Like I miss in the days where women were just allowed to great the 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 to grow old like human beings like in movies like cocoon and they could still emote and like it's it's really mm. um mm-hmm. but yeah and then you got tom brady and you got uh homoerotic fan fiction about gronk and 
no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, yeah, this is a boomer movie, man. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, oh, not, yeah. I'm not having it. Not interested. Uh, did you know that it's now safe to put M Night Shyamalan's name on a trailer? But, but really fir- fast. But really fast at the very end, right? Did you notice? <laughs> no, no, that? in the very beginning, front loaded, uh-huh. front loaded, yeah, and then it. just just move past. No, it's it's. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like he's got a lot riding on this because he had kind of like a return to public grace, and then he overplayed his hand with that. The the M Night Shyamalan CU, yeah. Yeah, the glass of everything. Uh-huh. The, I, mm, I, boy, I, and I, a knock at the cabin. This is a huge swing. It's it's two uh, men, uh, two gay dads raising a little girl in a cabin, or they're on vacation, and four people knock on their door. One of which is, uh, uh, goddamn, he was just in. Uh, we saw the movie. He's in a movie we saw tonight. He's a big giant dude. Dave Batista. Yeah. Thank you. Dave Dave, he, he's every fucking aware man. Dave Batista. Is doing every movie they ask him right now. Is he's just going to make hay before like his head caves? No, in, I right? think he's. I think he really wants to be a serious actor, and he's. He thinks he has a lot of range and talent, and could be used with great effect in movies. I happen to agree, and I he's just trying to do interesting stuff. I really don't agree. You can't just, you just put wanna... glasses on Dave Batista and say he's some <laughs> That's the prepper, move, prepper incel guy. You can't the... do it. That's the move. That's what they do in Blade Runner. This movie It's like put put wire rim spectacles on him and he'll come across as smart. And no. So anyway, Dave Bautista shows up at these guys door with three other weirdos and say, we mm-hmm. are here. We are tasked to stop the apocalypse and we're going to make you make a choice. that's going to either save the world or in the world. And by the way, they all have sledgehammers. It looks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think it looks like, man? I'm interested. I don't. I don't know. I saw old and about I like did too. half to two thirds of that movie is good. And then agree. The rest of it is just garbage. So I'm still not back on the Shyamalan train. I'm sorry. I, I feel like his career is at an infraction point, Jim. Oh, God. Where, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, where, where it could point. go. Like, like, like it, the, the, the public's real shaky. And like this trailer is talking a lot of shit. A lot mm-hmm. of puzzle box, like mysterious shit. And if it doesn't deliver, I think, ooh, I think it's going to be, it's going to be tough, tough having uh, M. Night stock. I want to short that stuff. Yeah. Um, a man called Otto. Have we talked about this I on a microphone? I don't remember. Producer but it's shaking Hanks her head no. I'm going to go with her. Okay. It's Tom Hanks being a grumpy old man. Uh, and he finds, it finds his soul through uh a cat and a young girl uh well her her family there's a young woman her whole family uh, okay maybe an immigrant maybe she's just uh, socially disadvantaged i'm not sure but they're neighbors Uh now and yeah it's healing i don't know man this movie seems very robin williams schmaltzy oh totally yeah it doesn't interest me in the least yeah like i'll just i would rather watch uh the beautiful day to neighborhood again Oh, yeah. Then then see uh, a grumpy Tom Hanks. But I don't know. We'll see. He's moving into his old band stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plane. I know. I think we did talk about this. This is Luke Cage and Leonidas. Yeah. All being secret special forces dudes and going down in the jungles of going down Cambodia the jungle or some and shit and killing, killing a bunch of dudes that need killing because a bunch of militia. And, yeah, whatever. Yeah. 
I yeah, I'll I'll check it out on HBO. I won't. Um, <laughs> I don't care. Do we, you don't. I mean, what these are the spiritual successors to the '80s action films, man. <laughs> I mean, look, I saw the first um, down movie. So the, what was that? Um, oh right, Olympus has fallen, or White House down, or yeah, whichever one it was. I saw the first one. I was like, this if it's is brown, too dumb. Let this it sucks. mellow. If it's yellow, flush it down. I <laughs> yeah. think it's <laughs> if it's Butler, flush it down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. That's, no, I saw the first one. I was out, and this is just more. This is more Gerard Butler getting into, I guess high high ish profile action movies, but none of them have interested me. He's 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 just padding roles on the badass resume. Luke Cage is putting another notch. He's actually there. Mm-hmm. There's there might be badass points at stake. Yeah, I might have to see it for that reason, but. Uh, uh, we, we could do a double dern sometime. I, I like a dumb sure. action film, but uh, I'm not going to pay. Yeah, I I'm not going to pay theater money for it. Um, right. Have we talked about Megan? Megan, the M3. This was the first time I saw this trailer. Okay. I'm in. I am James in Wan, on this. Mm-hmm. Creepy android guardian girl who goes berserk and protects a girl from all harm, and kind of like if you've seen the Rick and Morty episode where Rick's car keeps Summer safe. Uh huh. And almost starts a world war like it's that kind of belligerent AI uh, <laughs> Asimov's rules run amok. And I, I think it looked really good. Good, too. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Did you Um, I mean, did you, you saw Malignant, right? I can't remember all of his movies oh, run together God. for me. Oh, man, because like I feel like James Wan has hit a gear now where he can just do. Like medleys of movies, like a Weird Al Yankovic, you know, where it's like, you, we, we, you know, it's like you come there for Weird Al's uh, shtick, which is his parodies. Mm-hmm. But you also kind of get a taste for the weird polka things he does in between, too. Right. Sure. You know, most people don't fast forward through all that. I feel like James Wan's that way with horror. It's like he's got you hooked in with the horror stuff, but then he'll do like a slapstick shooter in the middle of it just because why the fuck not? All right. Just some just crazy bonkers shit. So I'd like to see this. Um, and then there's two net. They're, they're advertising Netflix movies uh, mm-hmm. that are getting those one one week runs so they can go in the Oscars. I mean, this Matilda is the musical. Those. Yeah. Matilda, the musical. This is a kid thing that looks like shit. Yeah. But and I was almost ready to dismiss it. But I noticed that the lyrics were written by Tim Minchin. <laughs> OK, sure. Why not? That he's, I mean, he's a very good lyricist. Yeah. You would ex- like, I mean, yeah, I would expect, but this looks like shit. I cannot tell you how much shit it looks. Oh, yeah. No, it's I like have zero Harry Potter, only more sad and oppressive. How many um, times are they going to remake the Matilda story until people rebuke them by not seeing it? I, I yes, yes. That's how this this works. That's All exactly right. how this works. Well, I'm not going to see it. Consider yourself when is rebuked. HBO going to lay off this incense dragon porn? Well, <laughs> until people probably, stop watching. Probably when 100 million people stop watching it. Uh, uh, it didn't finally, stop AMC with The Walking Dead. That's true. Their entire well, audience stopped watching and they're still very making more than ever. For, for them to be a zombie just shuffling forward, destroying Fair. everything. Fair. Um, White Noise. It's the last of the movies. Um, Cecily got visibly excited about this because she just read the book three months ago that it's based on. Um, what is this? I don't remember. White plot, Noise. Do you have a, like a plot synopsis for me? Oh, God. I was hoping you would know because like that's literally White Noise is. Oh, oh it's Adam Driver 
and Greta oh, Gerwig from Noah Baumbach, Don yeah. Cheadle, the guy who made Marriage uh, Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who did? Yeah, that's that's. So it's like, but like the trailer is very mysterious, and it's just reaction shots and weird things happening. And how could you possibly lot. make Adam Driver this ugly? They have just completely <laughs> fucked Adam Driver up. Yeah, he looks like a a schlub. He looks like a nobody, like nothing. A it's kind of like when Matt Damon, you know, like tries to be a pudgy dad. I think they okay. did that. That's his Adam Driver looking like a pudgy dad, a pudgy older dad. And he's still yeah. Like I don't like it. 30s. I still wanted to be Kylo Ren. I still wanted to look badass with the hair and the yeah. And the body. And he's got none of it in this movie. I don't know what they did to him. Poor Adam this Driver. Is true. This is true. Save uh, Adam Driver. Those, Start it. Uh, those are those are the movies that were. Somewhat excited about this movies or trailers we saw. Yeah. Um, we have a couple of treats coming up for uh, the, the next few movies. Uh, 12 to December 2nd. This is actually our annual Christmas kickoff event. Spectacular. Mm-hmm. And usually that's a club only event, but we're going to leave. We're going to leave the porch light on for the non subscribers because we're doing Violent Night as a first run bald movie. In fact, all of the the the. The movies that we're reviewing, save one in the month of December for our Christmas event, are going to be new this year. Going to be things that just came out in the last few weeks or are coming out. Uh, we're going to be doing Falling for Christmas, the new, uh, Netflix stupid rom-com, which was delightful. I've already seen it. We're going to see the sequel to um, A Christmas Story on HBO, A Christmas Story Christmas. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see Violent Night, which is David Harbour. Being a vengeful Santa Claus. It's an action movie set in Christmas. Uh, it looks amazing. That's going to be kicking off our uh, our Christmas festivities this year. And if you're a club member, you can hear our full spoiler review, as well as all the other Christmas content. If you're not, you can uh, stay for our spoiler-free review of that. And then also on 1216, uh, this is probably the last thing we cover in 2022, Avatar, The Waterbenders. Yeah, um, risky. Talking about risky. Yeah, like I, I feel like James Cameron's even like a lot of the interviews and a lot of the think pieces are coming out like like is this cause he's t- talking like oh my god I have to make two billion dollars or this movie's not gonna be profitable right. guys guys and I'm China, not willing China's to say, debating about whether I can show it there that's like four hundred million dollars right there guys I'm true. I'm starting to sweat here guys like yeah it's is this Winnie the Pooh feature prominently why can't he show it there I don't know I don't know I haven't read into it's that probably just like the anti you know, because it's very anti-establishment, anti-government, anti-colonized. I mean, it's, it's anti- you got something, it's anti-it. True. It's like return. It kind of returned to monkey. If you were going to like, it's it's like we should kind of just live uh, off the land. But sure. uh, certainly shouldn't run people off theirs is the movie's opinion. Uh, we'll be talking about that. 1216 again, uh, our spoiler free review is free to everybody. Our spoiler filled thoughts are for club members only. And that's where we're going to leave you here tonight. Uh, go to support.ballmove.com if you want to find out about uh, joining the club to get you access to these spoiler movie reviews, as well as many other premium forms of content and ad free feeds, all kinds of cool stuff. Support.ballmove.com. Let's talk spoilers now. <laughs>